Welcome to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. Welcome to the Female Insight Zone. This is Mary Beth Kosmeski. Today I'm speaking with Stacy Hunky. Stacy is the co-author of the book Yes You Can: Everything You Need from A to Z to Influence Others to Take Action. And she has another book that's going to be released in February of 2017, which I've already seen a copy of. It is fabulous, fantastic. It's called Influence Redefined. And that's what I want to talk with Stacy about today. She is the founder of her own company. She's trained and presented to thousands to rid business leaders of, I love this, bad body language habits and to choose words wisely, which is so important today. So welcome to the Female Insight Zone, Stacy. Thank you for the opportunity, Mary Beth, and thanks for that introduction. Well, so tell me a little bit in our audience, a little bit about this new book and how you started to write this book. So talk a little bit about your background and go into this book so that we have um, some perspective around why you wrote this. Mm -hmm. The book really was designed based on myself and my team's experience. We've been in business for 13 years and our primary clientele is executives, directors to the C-suite across industries, Mary Beth. And what we noticed over the years, shockingly, that someone who's in that leadership role, how much they don't know about their reputation and how whomever they're interacting with, how they perceive them, both through their body language, through their messaging. It's giving these executives an opportunity to see and hear through the eyes and ears of their listeners. I was so shocked by how someone in a leadership role, and this is this is not everyone, you know, this is more of a, a large category of people that we've worked with, that they'll, they'll be executing a behavior or they'll be relaying a message and it's not perceived or it's not received in the way that they're intended. That there was always, Mary Beth, this big disconnect between what they believed to be true about their body language, their messaging, and how people perceive them versus what they believed to be true. And over the years, after working with a variety of leaders across a variety of industries, I realized that the biggest step that people need to take is this influence model that the Influence Redefined book is built off of. And it's really just giving leaders an opportunity to see and hear through the eyes and ears of their listeners. That's step one. And then if they like what they see and hear, giving them practical, immediate skills and techniques to only enhance their reputation, enhance their level of influence, or flip the coin if they realize that, whoa, that's not exactly how I want to be perceived. That's not how I want to come across. Still giving them those practical and immediate skills and techniques so that they can enhance the experience no matter who speaks to them, no matter who interacts with them, and no matter what through medium, let's enhance that experience. So why is it that people, uh, leaders, do not, maybe they have a, a misperception about their influence? Why, how does that happen? Is that because nobody gives them feedback because they're afraid to give them feedback or they're not asking for it? Or what, what's some of the, the basics of that? You, you got it. And th these are actually, I call them the three drivers of influence that create the model. Think of a triangle, Mary Beth. And the very first one is exactly what you're, you're going against. It's the feedback is flawed. 
And I, and I bet some of our listeners can relate how many times that we've all been guilty of will ask for feedback, which typically is set up with the statement, how did I do? And then more than not, the response is good. Nice job. Well, that's not feedback. And in some cases, your listeners whom you're asking for that feedback, they could be lying to you because they don't have the confidence to say you don't have brevity. You take too long to get to the point. You, you don't connect. You don't engage. You're not interesting. That's challenge number one is we're not getting the feedback that truly aids to our development. Challenge number two is this, this idea of lack of self-awareness. If we are not aware, truly aware of how people perceive us, there's no way we can enhance our influence. And in the book and even in the training and speeches that I do, I'm constantly telling individuals, if, you, if you're truly serious, if you're all in and committed, you've got to start video recording yourself, audio recording yourself to get the experience of how your listeners perceive you. All right, there's one more Mary Beth. So we've got feedback is flawed, this lack of self-awareness, and it is the accountability. Like anything in life that we're willing to commit to, and how ironic what we're recording this at the beginning of the year, there's a statistic that states by January 15th of every year, anyone that has set a New Year's resolution, only 1% still have it by January 15th. Oh and my gosh. Try it to the lack of accountability. So the other thing I think that is missing is we don't hold ourselves accountable if it's not measured. And a, and a really simple common sense concept here is if you just had accountability partners in your life, in your personal life, in your professional life, to be constantly there to tell you the truth, to be able to give you the feedback that you need to hear versus what you want to hear. Yeah. And, I, you know, we work with a lot of salespeople and mm -hmm. one of the things that we tell them, because this is, you know, it's critical, it's, it's, it's make or break if they have a bad sales presentation, but they think it's good. You know, it's how do you change that? And so asking for feedback seems to be something that they, they don't love to do, like exactly what you're talking about. And we recommend the same thing, which is to do, to go, you know, just get your iPhone up or your smartphone or whatever, or your yeah. iPad or whatever it is, and just video yourself delivering your sales presentation. And, you know, because if I say role-playing, people freak out and they go, I don't want to role-play. I don't want to do that. But this, this idea of just doing it to yourself. And then now at least you're looking and now that gives you, I think, a little bit more idea behind why we want to for sure ask other people because even watching ourselves, we could go, well, that sounded pretty good. But meanwhile, um, you know, we're going to pick up some things that are things we need to change right away, but other things that we need to absolutely ask other people about. So how do you recommend asking someone else for feedback in a way that you actually get it? You, you can take it two approaches. I'm always going to ask for someone that I know is going to tell me how it is. And I think a great place to start, Mary Beth, is family and friends. I, I have two sisters who are never shy of giving me feedback when I ask it. The key is how you ask it. For example, before I go on a conference call, I have one of my sisters be my silent observer. And before the call, I'll give her two adjectives of how I want to be perceived during that call which really has to be tied to my consistent personal brand Monday to Monday. That, that, that to me is key. I give her also recommendations on I'm trying to have more brevity or I want to come across as having impact, whatever it may be. Be very clear before the conversation or whatever you, you want feedback on. Be very clear to that person on what you want feedback on. 
Otherwise, you're going to run the risk of good, nice job afterwards. After the call that she's the silent observer on, we meet for five minutes. I think everyone owes it to themselves and everyone that they interact with to take five minutes at least a day for your own development. She shares with me what she hears, what worked, what didn't work. If you saw my computer monitor, it is filled with post-it notes right now. And it's all of her feedback or some of my clients' feedback that I trust so that it's constantly in front of me. If it's someone at work, again, you've got to identify who's, who's really going to tell you how it is. And I think they're more willing, Mary Beth, if you're very clear on two things, what specifically you want feedback on and how often. But to be getting that feedback in, in just day-to-day conversations, I, I want to tie this to your comment about you made a comment with your clients. You're, you're not asking them to role play. I never ask someone to role play. I don't think it's real. To me, influence is that no matter who interacts with you Monday to Monday, they, they always know what to expect. They get the real deal. They get the real you. Therefore, getting feedback or doing video and audio recording, you're going to get more bang for your buck. You're going to get more value out of that process if you're doing that step in your day-to-day conversations. Uh, yeah, I I, oh, I agree. I think that's wonderful. One of the things you wrote about in the book is don't wait for the big gig. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about that, because I think that'll be very interesting to our audience. Perfect transition, Mary Beth, to my last comment. Think what happens is, I'll give an example. I used to work for a company, and this is years ago before starting Stacey Hunky Inc. I was brought in as a consultant to be delivering presentation skills courses. And I would travel the world. I'd spend days with these leaders, teaching them how to present, say, more high stakes on a stage or in front of a large group. And then I'd be flying back on that plane thinking, this just feels so unethical. I just taught them how to stand and present, but they don't do that on a regular basis. Like, how is that even authentic? And that's really where Stacey Hunky Inc. started to get formed, where I really thought, Mary Beth, it's, it's, it's not about the big gig. It is about how does someone experience you every day, including the big gig. So think of it like a professional athlete. I'm a big college football watcher. And I know that, however, being that we just went through all the bowl games, however that team plays during that game really is determined by how they practice before the game. And and we're so similar to athletes that the difference is every day for us is game day. And it's about how do we show up for every conversation? Because if you just save, for example, you're practicing brevity or you want to practice making sure you look people directly in the eye. If you would only do that during a high stakes presentation, you would be unauthentic. How would you be able to think on your feet? You wouldn't be able to really connect and engage where it's really, to me, influence is about you're consistent. That if you have brevity, you always have brevity. If you're able to connect and engage, you do that all the time, not just for the big gig. Well, yeah. And so you and I both speak a bit and, you know, people say, well, aren't you really nervous to get up in front of a big audience? And to me, an audience of a thousand people or 2000 people is the same as an audience of five or 10 people. It's not Mm -hmm. any different to me. So if if I'm going to get nervous, I'm going to get nervous in front of the five people and in front of the 2,000 people. And the reason I would get nervous is because it is 
something that's really important. So when, when you have the opportunity to speak and use your words, how are you using them? And I think that's a really, really critical thing. Um, so let me ask you another question. You keep mentioning Monday to Monday. Talk about what that concept is. Mm-hmm. I think that that comes back to the consistency piece. I'll give you a story that I've used in the past because it only happened a couple of months ago. I received a, a call from, we'll call him Michael. He's a VP of sales here in Chicago. He calls me up, Mary Beth, and he says, I think I need your help. Every Monday, we bring our sales team together to do our weekly sales meeting. Last Monday, I was walking to the conference room. My team was there. They did not realize I was in the hallway. I overheard someone say, I wonder which Michael is going to show up today. Oh. And I thought, all right, this is what I mean by Monday to Monday, that how Michael or how our listener, whether it's a phone call, whether someone catches you at lunch, whether someone catches you over the weekend, they always know what to expect. That Monday to Monday, you you just have this ability to look people dead in the eye, to make them feel like they're the most important person in front of you. Monday to Monday, you always come across very focused in a conversation to me, the, the few people that I encounter that initially in that initial interaction I have with them that have that versus those that do, those that do to me are in the top 1% and they are going to get individuals to follow their lead. That to me is Monday to Monday where it's your personal brand. Another example, Mary Beth, is even if I just asked you, what is one of your favorite brands, a favorite brand that comes to mind for you? Um, I guess Apple, because I'm using an Apple computer right now. <laughs> you, you got it. So whether it's Apple, I hear that often from my audiences. A lot of people will say Starbucks. Those companies, they're successful because they understand brand loyalty. You know that whether you go to an Apple store here in Chicago or you go to one in New York, you always know what to expect. Right. Starbucks right. is you know, if I get a latte down the street from my condo here in Chicago, and then I go to LA and get a latte, a latte is a latte. And the big question for our listeners is, is your brand, is your reputation consistent and one that you're proud of Monday to Monday, or are people sometimes guessing who's going to show up? Mm. Very interesting. And, you know, that that conversation that was overheard by Michael about him would have been to me that, you know, that can be devastating. But it's also that moment when you go, wait a minute, maybe what Stacy was saying was right. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I'm not what I think I am. And it is so often that we do not take time to look at ourselves. We're, we're, we're constantly working. We're working 24 seven. We've got our phones on, we're, everybody's working. And it's, it's very often that we don't actually spend time to uh, take a break. How do you uh, recommend people kind of take a step back and decide that they're going to do this evaluation of their own influence? That to me is just a, a disciplined step that why not whoever's listening to this recording, take five minutes. I mean, really what's five minutes of your development? And, and sit for five minutes with whether it's pen and paper in hand or whether apple to apple to fingers to, to enter this. It's really identifying what am I willing to commit to? I like to go by 90 days because in 90 days, I don't have time to procrastinate. Like I, I, ha- I have to make it happen, right? Yeah. 
to put together an action plan for 90 days and then break it down week by week. Each week, what are you willing to commit to? I, I teach at Mary Beth like eating lunch. Even if you eat lunch at your desk, you have to eat lunch. It, it's part of what you do every day. And every skill and technique that we're talking about during this podcast and in the book, I'm not asking individuals to carve out additional time in their day because I know that's not that's not even realistic. It's carve out the consciousness that the next phone call you have, what are you going to focus around? Is it your word choice? Is it something about your delivery? During the next hallway conversation, what are you going to focus on? Because a lot of times, Mary Beth, what is common sense is not common practice. And a leader, a true influential leader, the difference between them versus someone who's not truly influential Monday to Monday is that they're self-aware and that consciously, they're consciously practicing how they show up day in and day out. So it's, it's just making a commitment of 90 days, then break it down. You could break it down by month. You could then break it down by week. And every Friday, check in with your accountability partner. Maybe it's someone in your personal life or your professional life to say, all right, here's what I promised that I would do before or since last week. Here's what I did. Here's what I didn't do. And I'll tell you what, when you've got someone to rely on, you know, it, our, our listeners can relate if anyone's ever had a workout buddy or a personal trainer, you don't say to that personal trainer, all right, let's work together. You call me when you're ready. But there's something <laughs> right. to be said about, I know you're at the gym waiting for me. Well, I know my accountability partner is waiting for that conversation on Friday afternoon for me to report in. What is measured gets results. Yeah. What great advice. Uh, Stacey, how can people reach you, reach your company, your website, your Twitter handle, all of that? We're going to take them to one site and everything there is located on that site, all our social media. It is our website that is StaceyHunkeyInc.com. Stacy is spelt with an E-Y-H-A-N-K-E-I-N-C.com. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much for participating and helping me today because I'm taking notes while you're talking going, oh, I probably need to do that. Oh, I probably need to do that. So thank you so much. This was a wonderful, wonderful podcast. And I look forward to uh, actually hoping to see you again in Chicago since we both live nearby. Thanks for listening to the Female Insight Zone, a podcast dedicated to sharing insights from women who have made an indelible mark in business and the path they took to soar. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.